0: OTB GAA. Burns was on another planet this year, boys. Like in the first half of the Ireland final this year, O'Murphy Murphy put a puck out down. Burns puts the claw up and puts it back over the bar. Like. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Zeebo going on his own! He gets the try
0: The Red 78. We're both Monster people. Everybody gets over the line! Try from us! Nobody knows Monster rugby better. Hello and welcome along. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 43 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is my partner in crime, Neve Briggs. You're very welcome, Neve. Uh, not a great weekend. Again, we spoke last week about it being a must win for Munster and that uh, Ulster could afford to lose one. But unfortunately, from a Munster point of view, they didn't get the win. They didn't get the points that they badly needed. And it's the fifth loss in, in seven games. Um, we'll go through you know, those seven games a little bit more in detail. But it's another hard one to take for Munster. And uh, a difficult weekend. Disappointment. Lots of injuries. Lots of young players getting exposed. And um, as ever, we want to hear from the fans. We want to hear what the people who go to the match, the people who are watching, the Munster fans I put out a tweet yesterday and uh, there's a big reaction again. So uh, you're going to read out some of the tweets and the feelings of the fans uh, after the weekend.
1: Yeah, look, I think it was uh, disappointing, I think, at times during that game the other day. But like it seems to be the team, we're only speaking about it off air that we seem to be getting. this. feel like we're saying the same messages over and over again in relation to loads of green shoots. But it's just taken time to come together. Um, I think, as you say, there was loads of tweets and response and Joe Cashman says, forgetting the result, it was great to see younger lads getting games like this and exposure, it will stand to us in the long run. Crowley will take the ten shirt for his own the way he's going. Well, that's good stuff about Crowley. Dave, missing the bulk power and pack due to injuries, Crowley is our 10. Line-out needs work, handling rock protection still an issue. Uh, Anne Fitzgerald, Hopefully, some green shoots, but still worries about how we're going to build up the pack. I think Munster should refuse to have Frank Murphy as ref. Eye contact, choking, two spear tackles ignored, really bad for the sport. Kevin Norris, Frank Murphy gets a lot of stick for his decisions, but he cannot be blamed for the lineup misfiring, the indecision and the knockouts. Joe, referee and TMO are poor. Crowley, Hodnett, Dalpo, Baron, all excellent. Great to see Candela and Ryan back too line out needs urgent attention. Maldives, very underpowered with players out. Ireland need a run of wind at this stage, starting with Connacht. I think that's kind think of been... Just, the, yeah. just,
0: just before you go on, I think um, there was a lot um, spoken about Frank Murphy and uh, probably a frustration, the referee, on Saturday night. Uh, having watched the game back, um, obviously watching it live and then watching it back, I think there's some inconsistencies there's a few decisions like every referee may get wrong I think when you're at home they get um, the monster fans are probably hard on some of his calls um, but one of your tweeters there that are speaking saying you can't blame Frank Murphy for uh, the loss and the, the, the poor execution at times the lineup malfunction and that's a very important point I think when I look back at the game, and to be fair to Frank, he's very strict, he's vocal, he's a very good referee. I sense that the reaction from Munster fans was well over the top. In my opinion, it's well over the top. There were some decisions, yes, that you could argue, um, but the referee wasn't the reason why Munster lost the game the other day. I think we, we'll we talk about that in a minute and I'll interest to get your opinion. But um, some of Munster's play was was poor and not good enough again. And I think uh, you look, you can talk about harsh lessons and getting exposed and young players, but some of the the execution, particularly a couple of lineouts there that were really, really badly executed. and they can be vital. One last lineout in a game can cost you a game. so it's 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 an interesting one because there was a lot said about the referee. I think some of yeah. it is a little bit too much, a little bit unfair. I think we'll we'll debate the decisions in a few minutes. There was a couple of big decisions yeah. in the game, but yeah. anyway, you have more yeah. tweets. Uh,
1: Tom Lundrigan tweeted a bit says, "Well, lads, least said about the first half, the better. Second half, farmer fighting spirit from the lads took old man's eaves to break the line. We were only the width of a post away from the win. I can't believe that seatbelt on Zeeves at the end was not seen, not looked at, ignored." Jason Tui, 55 players used so far this season. That can't be helping results, but it's aiding player development. Was at the game, we had the hard part well, keeping Ulster's 12-point lead into a stiff wind, but couldn't complete the task. Inexperience the main issue right now.
0: Just on that point, Neve, 55 players. It's pretty unprecedented after seven games for, Mm. for any side to use that many players. Now, people can correct us if we're wrong. And I know Leinster. I, I, to be fair to them, a lot of the time get up around that number or possibly even more throughout the season because they've so many internationals away. Um, but that's an incredible amount of players—fifty-five yeah. players. It shows that you're not just going down to second, third, but you're down to fourth, fifth choice, sixth choice in some positions. And yeah. the biggest glaring issue at the moment and and at the weekend was the second row position. Like who would have thought? Who knew? Uh, like to be fair, you and I knew, but and I mean disrespectfully to people who who knew very much about Edwin Adogbo before the season started. Mm-hmm. Not many people. There's friends of mine in Tipperary and your know, rugby people when he kind of came on the scene there to start the season, played a few games. Where's this guy come from? Where's he from? Who's he played with before? Um. So the the depth chart is way down, and now on Saturday night, Adogbo. Kind of was 50-50 about making that game. But yeah. he was a he was a big player to they needed him for that game. Owen O'Connor played in the second row with him as well. We haven't seen him play. I think the Wasps was the last time he was involved. So it's very it's very telling the amount of players that they have used. And I think, look, we've got to be realistic and fair. We'll be critical um around some of the mistakes that have been made the hand they're being dealt at the moment is is a very difficult one and they, it's yeah. hard to get any sort of cohesion.
1: Yeah. Just the last few there, so Liam Sweeney, young players are starting to shine and improve every game. Crowley is showing some class and currently the better 10 at the moment. Edward Malloy, maybe Munster have to be allowed this season as time when older players are replaced by the younger lads. It's obvious the older lads it's obviously the older lads are wrecked from years of effort, but still have a lot to offer, but only in backup roles from now. Uh, results at the minute are not great, but there's a good Munster team there for the, for the next few years from Donegal. Good back five, talented halfbacks and back three players, Whoever they will win nothing without a front row. And a sem- centre combo seems the two positions Munster never produced in. It was a close match. Disappointing we didn't get the win. Crowley played great once again. I feel if we had our line-out working properly, we could have done it. Roll on the next match and upward, uh, onwards and upwards. Um, great atmosphere at the park. First half mall defence was very poor. Small errors in our thought process cost us. Crowley played fantastic, although with the wind in the second half, not sure why we did not see Healy. Optimistic, but we need wins. Um, Simon is a, a little bit um optimistic. Good performance from a young Munster team versus a good Ulster team. Serious bright future ahead. Crowley, Hodnett, Dogbo, Condell, and Barron and Daly. Probably no Champions Cup next year, but I take that for a proper contender the year after. I think we might be a bit away from that. Um. Another positive step on the journey, Munster paid the penalty for too many basic infringements and really poor exp- execution at the line-out. It has to go down as an average game we could have won. And here's the thing, there's been a couple of those ones that, you know, the Dragons game and, you know, Connacht maybe and, and the Ulster game, where I felt like that we could have won those games and maybe previous years those experienced players would have kind of dragged everybody else through, if that makes sense. And I just think at the moment you're not we're not far off things clicking. You can see it. You can see the intent. I was at the game the other day. I thought there was loads of really good stuff, but it's like it's a bit like in soccer where you look at that last pass, that crucial piece of, you know, that last third. It's almost like the last pop, the last rock, the last, you know, in that power zone. We just seem to be kind of either our lose the concentration or maybe getting ahead of ourselves and thinking way too far ahead as opposed to just, you know, thinking in that moment, which I think has just probably been the most
0: frustrating part. Is that down to experience? And yeah, I think it is. And form yeah. in some players as well.
1: Yeah, hugely. Look, I think, I think a couple of things. I was really surprised that when we went into the scoring zone, ultra scoring zone like our 22, that... We just didn't have a simplistic banker ball for a line out. I think there was a lot way too much movement and I don't know a huge amount, but that was kind of my thought process when I when I was looking at it live, I was like, What's with all the movement? Like just go up and and let's try and get something simple. You might be able to tell me that that's complete another like, you know, nonsense. No, I think, but- I,
0: yeah, that's a confidence thing as well. Um I think there was one line out in that first half where Munster kicked down into the corner. It was inside the twenty two and Totally missed time jump. Uh throw was poor from Dermot Byrne, and ball goes out over the back. And yeah. you've got to build pressure in those moments. And yeah. It's it's a harsh lesson, even you know from being a coach, when you're reviewing this stuff and you're showing it to players and they're better the next time. So like it's it's kind of unfair. It's 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 not just just if you if you that you have to go through this. I think they need to be better at this. They need to be sharper. And it's tough on Andy Kiriakou when there's a lot of guys coming in and out. You've limited game time, time during the week to work on these lineouts and get them right. Um, there has to be an understanding, and you develop an understanding around your lineout. And I've always said this when we played, our, uh, you know, we had so many lineout leaders in the group. Um, you think if Paul O'Connell and Dunica O'Callaghan didn't play, uh, well, Donners didn't call the lineouts anyway. He was just told where to go and when to went to jump and how to jump, and he was brilliant at that. And he won't mind me saying, you know, he wasn't someone who was going to be calling lineouts. Uh, but Paul, then you had Mick O'Driscoll, you had Dunnick Ryan coming through, Billy Holland, yeah, um, a number of players, and you have those lineout leaders. You have to, and and obviously, if you have loads of depth in in lineout leaders, it it's beneficial. But also, your back row players. You know, there was a lot of times David Wallace would be standing at the back of the lineup with his hands and his hips, and he's supposed to lift me or lift Dennis Leamy or Axel or someone, and there'd be a missed line-out throw, and Paul would go absolutely furious. So it takes time to develop that yeah. and it, it, to get to a point where you everyone's on the same hymn sheet, and you actually nearly know where the ball is going to be called in the lineup when you go into it, because you can nearly start seeing where the space is, and you can you can react to what your caller is going to do. So I think obviously that comes with experience and um yeah. they're lacking that at the moment and it's costly because there's a number of line and we'll talk about the stats and review the seven matches uh, so far in the league in a couple of minutes but it's very very costly.
1: Yeah, look hugely. I think if we're going to start talking about the game now it's you know I feel like I feel like that Munster is like Ulster had three attempts into, like there five attempts into, into Munster 22 overall, but they three were like the first three attempts and they had three tries, I think. And that's a, an incredibly frustrating stat, considering that last weekend, we had the ability to keep Leinster out for very long periods on both sides of the half. Um, and I just think, the Mall D last weekend just goes, it just, it just, you know what it was, it just showed the inexperience of the group. Like but, M- Munster pride themselves on their defensive mall.
0: Yeah, but it also shows, and we have to give credit to Ulster here. Oh yeah, know, they had a really good yeah. I know, Um. Uh. I know there's one or two sneaky Ulster fans listening in here to the podcast as well. But, and they're very welcome. Um. Ulster were good. Their mall has yeah, been they superb were. this year. They've scored a lot of tries. They've caused problems for all the teams they've played with their malls. So it had that inevitability about it when, oh mm. God, they've got a um, penalty outside of 22 and Burns is kicking into the corner. You're thinking, this is trouble for 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 Munster. I think Klein and Thomas Ahern are a big loss. They're particularly yeah. Klein because that's one of his big strengths is breaking up malls and his, his physicality. Um, And Munster were a little bit high. They stopped it a couple of times. For the James Hume try, they stopped them and they stopped a couple in the second half. But their reaction needs to be quicker. They need to be a little bit cuter. How's they break up the opposition mall? But credit, credit Ulster. They're very, very yeah. strong in there. I just want to read one out from John Sexton. This is this is um, this is a bigger picture one about the financial side of 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 the possibility of not making Europe. I think Munster need to go on a run. Um, and we'll talk about the games they have coming up. They need a little bit of luck with some of the players. But again, that's, you know, John Klein, Thomas Ahern are out for a, a period of time now. Thomas Ahern is pro- he's getting an operation, I think, could be, could be a couple of months. But anyway, John Sexton asks off field questions since it's unlikely we're going to qualify for the Champions Cup. That's a fair comment. Uh, barring a small miracle with only two uh, wins from seven. And some very tough games left. With the finances in a tough position already with COVID. Um, how will this financially affect Monster retaining players with long-term planning? Presuming when Monster will have budgeted for this scenario. Not sure you can have budgeted for this scenario. Everybody was under pressure coming out of COVID. How will this affect Graham Roundtree, his reign going forward? Do you think he'll be afforded time? Um, if they don't qualify for Europe? So will it be kind of a a red line scenario here if if they don't qualify? So how does this affect the coaches, Graham Roundtree, and how does it affect uh, Munster financially? Not easy on both fronts.
1: No, it's not. The financial ramifications will be huge if they don't make Europe. Um, but on the flip of that, when you are going with a really young group, do you forsake that financial ramification knowing that... You know, if you end up going into the Challenge Cup and you win it, does that does that fill you with a bit of confidence because you've got your hands on some silverware? I don't know. I think the tradition of Munster being in that champions cup, the old Heineken Cup, is is huge and it's what they live off. And I think um, you know, you, you used to speak about it a lot, your era used to speak about it. This era speaks about it a lot that on Heineken Cup or Champions Cup week, there's a different air training, there's there's a different intensity, there's and um, and if you're not there, do you lose that? Uh, look, it's it's a very difficult predicament. I think that for them right now, this is going to sound really cliche, but they just got to think about next game scenario. So Connacht, it's the next game up. How do they, you know, they welcome to Park. How do they get the best out of that? How do they keep getting better and developing? And then probably at the end of the season or after Christmas when you know where you stand in terms of results, then you can start looking down the road. But look the financial ramifications
0: will be huge i think it's something for post christmas i think uh, or even yeah. you know ja- january and there was February, a lot of chat to be of-
1: fair in the stand about it the other day, Quinny, to, you know there was you know, a lot people, of
0: chat people are, are people are, are talking about that you know yeah. for Munster not being in europe but um your know, Munster is a big brand and sometimes um people forget they haven't won a monster a trophy in a long time and that's uh, but it's still a big brand and it's a big team and the history in Europe so I think I think it'd be it'd be, you know really really tough situation if they don't get in there not just from the financial point of view that's the obvious one but just from a historic point of view uh, the competition has been synonymous, synonymous with monster and and the whole journey and all that kind of stuff has been incredible. But you know, if they're in the Challenge Cup, then they have just got to deal with it. But that's a bit away, I think. If they can, um, I saw an article where people were talking about judging fairly when everybody's back, and and that's probably fair. But it's a results-driven business, and they've got to get results. And and they don't play now for a couple of weeks; they're missing missing a lot of bulk and power. But uh, regarding Graham Roundtree and the coaches. Well, I, I, you can't, you can't kind of judge the coaches on, uh, and and start heaping pressure on them at the moment. No, I think it's this time like next just year. But
1: you look, you yeah, look at where they are. And, and it's the way they're here. playing. It's the way yeah, they're playing. The way, and yeah, the,
0: yeah. and you know they need to be for a time to get their own personnel, to get their own stamp, their own players on the, in, in on the team as well. So, I think, um, yeah, the obvious one is the financial stuff is going to be difficult. Um but but who knows just we, we have you any more tweets or will we move no, on we'll right, no we'll move on so we'll review the performance so the first thing I've done here is the referee Frank Murphy a lot of criticism yeah. online some contentious decisions uh, Dwayne Vermeulen um, at the start of the game with Dermot Barron. Um penalty against Dwayne Vermeulen the images and the shots showed afterwards that he had uh, Dermot barn caught by the throat and that his hand came across his face I don't think there's any eye gouge there but I think it's very dangerous uh, when he's gra- grabbing uh, Dermot barn like that so I, I'm not suggesting for a second that you know he eye gouged him very risky and dangerous and um, uh, could have and probably should have got a, a stern warning about that and it should have been kind of maybe looked at the crowd are reacting a bit people at home um, mention it a lot online it's not an eye gouge but there's a hand across the face, and he's got to be careful. I was more concerned that he has him grabbed by the throat. Mm. Um, but in Dwayne Vermulen's defence, I think Dermot Baron is trying to be aggressive. He counter rocks through. Um, Vermulen's trying to get up to defend, and Dermot Baron is holding on to the jersey. So there's a little bit of um, both both of them at it there. Um, but look, it's 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 a uh, it's one that. I just think he should have been spoken to a little bit more strong. He was told to be careful by Frank Murphy, but he could have been in a bit of trouble. He's got to be careful there. Yeah. Dwan, from uh, the red card, yellow card scenario on Malachi Fekitoa, his, his tackle. Um, was it a red card? Was I, it I yellow, thought. Was the yellow card the right decision? Was he lucky?
1: I thought he was a bit lucky yeah I thought he I think not, not so much in relation to the the contact or whatever I just think that the the way the game has gone now although I don't know if you saw the, the high tackle in top 14 that didn't warrant any cards the weekend which was absolutely outrageous Um, I do think he was kind of lucky because and I think what saved him was he kind of bent at the last second but he's very upright and he tackles a lot like that uh, he did he had done it um, quite a bit in the game Throughout card and I just think, uh, he's got to be really careful um about that going forward. But um, and that was a big moment as well. I thought um a big moment for the for for Munster and yeah. Uh,
0: what do you so think? If you're, if you're a referee in the game, are you giving yellow or red?
1: Uh, jeez, I don't know. Uh, I I think I. I think it was a red. I think it was yeah. contact to the head. It was shoulder to head. I yeah. think
0: it was a red, and I've been I've been yeah. very big on this. And uh, someone's got away with one there. Um, Niall Scannell probably should have got a yellow card for being on his knees slapping the ball.
1: Right, Look, front of the post. To get away
0: with that. someone got away to... with a couple there. Yeah, There's I some... think the
1: issue was right is that we're talking about you know inconsistencies. So I think that there was penalties. You give us for... examples. Yeah. So there's penalties like Munster got penalised for being offside, and then you know phases after that, you know Ulster clearly offside for a number of phases, and neither touch judge or um Frank Murphy calls it, and and you can hear clearly hear you know Jack O'Nolan who's saying to him, um you know they're offside, they're offside, and it's almost like well like play on. I think that's where the issue was lying with the supporters was those inconsistencies. Munster got pinged for. And um, going off their feet in their own ball in the ruck, and similarly inside in their own twenty-two, um, Ulster are, are trying to exit their their, their their zone, and their players are have elbows on the ground, and you can see, you know, the, the lads around the ruck kind of pointing at the players on the ground and saying, you know, they're off their feet too, and. You either give both or you give none, and I think if you give both, then nobody can have you know any issues because it's it's literally like that referee has been consistent. It was those type of inconsistencies I felt that Frank Murphy and I and and we were speaking about this afterwards. I think it's incredibly difficult. It should never happen to have for likes of Frank Murphy or Andy Brace or anybody that's attached to the to the province to referee these games. I think it's unfair. I think the Supporters come down harder on them. I think you know it's it's tough and like Frank Murphy's boo coming off the pitch, and I and I I don't like that. I don't like that. But I could you're just putting them in a very unfair, uncompromising position. But I I did think there was definitely inconsistencies in the calls. I think that's where the issues lay, as opposed to the big Darren incident or the Sekito
0: incident I I think if you go back and analyse them, yeah, definitely there's an argument. I think Dan McFarland will probably be sending in some some things that I think yeah, Munster completely. might have been fortunate with a couple of yeah. things but I think the the way this is heightened is because of the crowd noise and some of those offsides or, or midfield offsides that you can see where Munster were pulled for a couple. I think the assistant referees need to help him more there and make yeah. those calls. There was definitely one uh, was it Fekatoa that was offside and he got pulled for it um, or ja- uh, Shane Daly um so I think there's um th- he needs to get more help there. But so yeah, there's there's uh Frank Murphy got some criticism there. I think some of it is a little bit unfair. I think there's one or two decisions that um you know could have went the other way for definite. But I think Manchester I just think you're got...
1: putting them in a really difficult position because they like you know, they're you play for the province and it's it's very tough. They're an Irish referee, you're refereeing an Irish Derby. I just think that that's a really difficult thing to do. So I just think you take all that away by make the URC should you know should be putting referees from outside of Ireland into those derby games.
0: Yeah, it's difficult to get him in that situation as well. But yeah, that's that's something that maybe um, maybe Frank didn't need to be getting, and certainly doesn't deserve to get abuse coming off the field. You you know it's frustrating. Yeah, for I don't like it, and. I don't like to see that either. It's a tough job being a referee. You need eyes in the back of your head to see stuff that's going on. But I think he needs more, more support. Andy Brace, I think, called one in the in the first half, but probably a little bit more support from from the other assistants as well, um, and try and work together as a unit. Um, the positives, um, positives from the game so quickly because we we've uh, yeah, we Jim Brown making line this. breaks,
1: John Ryan making line breaks, Jack Crowley played really really well. I think. Um there was I got Mike Haley was really, really good, really solid. Um and I just think that the way that Munster tried to play, um we can talk about the lack of execution and we can talk about the mistakes down the line, but in terms of where they're going and what they're trying to do, constantly trying to move the ball, they're looking to get the edges, um, and they're looking to pull defenders out of the line. And, and you know be able to move the ball into those spaces and I just thought at times they did really well thought they defended quite well um, it's just going back to the old age uh, discipline and yeah, lack I of think, execution
0: I think if once were to win that game particularly with the second half performance it would be seen as a massive step forward because I think the way they played in the second half Ulster didn't really fire a shot as regards their attack and I think they'd have been disappointed with that Um Stephen Ferris and Premier were taught was talking about that. I thought it was pretty telling. He was disappointed with the, that month Ulster didn't kick on. They were in a great position after the first half. If targets, the there was a big window.
1: Can you say something right? There was a big wind. Might not have shown it on television. No, no, but it I was. know, I know that. It was pretty I know, big. That.
0: I know that, and uh, they tried to manage the game a little bit more than Goford. They're yeah. trying to keep it very direct. But look, they showed that strength and power in the first half and could have been further ahead. I think the positive that you were mentioning. Is the reaction by Munster in the second half? The the try they scored, Shane Daly try, that attack, Some of the other shape that they're showing is a lot better. Um, so look, I think Munster people would, would applaud that and say that mm. that's something to, so just, to give a bit enthusiasm. Can we just
1: say something in relation to that? So if you look at all those top teams or whatever, when they make these kind of small little line breaks and they're getting past the defensive line, then they have the ability to be able to score within the next three, four, five phases. Munster are actually doing really well in between the two tens, but their ability then, once they make a line break, for whatever reason, maybe that's another component that they have to put together, but that they make that line break pay. Like they have to make be, be more aware of where the space is straight back to that line break, their ability to, make, to move the ball a little bit quicker. I thought Paddy Patterson did really well, but they had a good few, like a couple of line breaks. Obviously, John Ryan won, Dear Barron won. The next phase then is quick, but then the next one after that is slow. And, you know, the better teams make, you know, line breaks pay. And um, I think that that's definitely a definite component for Munster's attack talk that they need to look at. That's
0: a really good point. Yeah, a really good point. The negatives, Niamh, uh quickly, we won't dwell on them. I think, obviously... Yeah,
1: penalty um, count, line out.
0: Penalty count, line out, the defensive mall and some of the errors again. Yeah. Um, need to be much better better in those areas um, I think if I'm going to review the last couple of matches we're talking about some of the negatives and this this is something that's frustrating but we have to be honest and, and and sum up where Munster at they gave away 15 penalties in this game again which is it's very 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 difficult that you see and rarely you see a team winning a match when they give away those kind of number of penalties. Um, Some of them, of course, you could argue, you always can argue some penalties in games. Ulster gave away 13, so there was 28 penalties. It was a high penalty count in the game. very upset, yeah. Conditions were difficult. But just if you go back in in the seven matches a Munster played in the league, tries scored, 13 tries. So they're 16th. They're bottom of the table as as regards tries scored. So that's pretty telling, uh, and frustrating so you just mentioned it a minute ago it's it's there's 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 a lot of good stuff happening but it's that finished article and maybe it will come and of course 55 players use a lot of chopping and changing but some of the execution has been poor particularly in the earlier matches okay mm. the last couple it's been a lot better and it's obviously very difficult to score tries against Leinster even though uh, Liam Coombs has got a great try to score against Ulster to, you know um, to score lots of tries so I'm, but it's pretty telling it's something the Munster were really good at in the last number of years tries, points scored and points conceded they were right up near the top all the time so they are very hard to break down and they were pretty good at scoring tries so that's pretty telling uh, so they're 16th they've only 13 tries scored well, when you're only winning two games as well it's not, not a surprise that yeah. they're down there. Offloads in the seven games, they have 63. So they're second yeah. in offloads. So that's shown us a certain thing. That's where the, some of the enthusiasm is coming from. If this was the monster of last year and the year before and the year before, there's no way we'd have 63 offloads and be second in, 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 in the offload stats in the league. Now, some would say it doesn't matter because you're not winning the games and who cares about offloads. But I just think it's pretty positive that they're trying to keep the ball alive um defenders beaten 98 they're tenting in that it's too it's too low they need to be up a little yeah. bit higher and this is a this is a frustrating one as well um clean breaks they've 18 clean breaks in the seventh uh, in the seven matches and they're 16th they're bottom of the pile yeah. in that again so it just shows there's a lot more work to be done in the attack. I think there's a lot of good stuff that's been done. And I think the shape has been really, really good, but it's just broke down a little bit. Um, then if you move on, that's attack. If you move on to defense, uh, so points conceded, they're actually 14th. So 127. So defensively, they're not conceding a lot of points to be fair to them. So that would suggest that there's something to work on there. Um, tries conceded as well, 17, they're 12th. So these are positives, I think, the defensive stuff and the work rate. And we haven't, to be fair, the effort level and and the desire has been fairly good. There's been one or two matches we've questioned that kind of, that fight and that emotional kind of uh, spark that you need. It's been much better in the last three games anyway, I think. Um, tackle success, I think this comes back to missed tackles. It's eighty-seven percent or thirteenth. So, completing tackles and um, is a bit frustrating. Total, total tackles missed. So this is I'm giving some positives about what they've conceded uh, as regards points and tries. But then total tackles missed is one hundred and fifty-four. So they're first. So they've missed the most amount of tackles in the league. So. Um, is that coming from the pressure from the opposition, the quality of the opposition, the number of players missing, the number of changes? Um, that needs to change. So there's a number of things there. Lineouts, fourteenth, uh, seventy-one lineouts, one and nineteen lost. So they're third in lost lineouts, and that's one that we've spoken about a lot. Yeah, that set piece, how important it is. Um, So there's a a number of things there that are concerning that need to get better. They have got it slightly better. I think the earlier games kind of showed up a lot of that. Um, Penalties conceded, even though we keep saying they're very high. Well, they're 16th. So (laughs) there's 15 other teams conceding more penalties, uh, which is unbelievable. So um, they've 86 penalties conceded. It's still very, very high. And fifteen in the weekend is is a lot. Um, turning the ball over is another one that kind of we've we've spoken a little bit about. I know I'm throwing a lot of um, turnouts lost eighty four, so they're fourth in turnovers lost. Mm-hmm. So I think if we su- summarize that, I think um, the missed tackles, the turnovers, and the lineout are the three that jump out for me. Yeah, if you get them better, well. In a lot of these games, they could be nudging over the line and winning those matches. You think if, you, if you're not turning the ball over against Ulster a couple of times like they did, i.e. the line out, some breakdown stuff, uh, knock-ons, execution, they they possibly win that game. There was a big win in that first half. Ulster showed a lot of dominance with their power in the mall. But Munster probably win that game if their discipline is better, if their line-out is better.
1: Yeah, look, because if your discipline is better, you're 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 denying um opposition teams entry points. And I think that's the big thing for Munster. I think that they teams find it easier to get into Munster's scoring zone or twenty two but then then say Munster the likes of Munster find, you know, are, are the complete opposite. They have to work really, really hard to try and get into scoring positions. They get in there, and then we're talking about execution. And that, and that's, it. Like,
0: that's what you're yeah. saying you. so that like if if it, we won't stay in this too long but it's the try scored it's the discipline it's the lineouts and the turnovers you get them better so you said it a minute ago and I thought it was a brilliant point from a coach's point of view that you're doing really good for two three four phases you get into a space where you find a little bit of space you're stressing the opposition you've got to execute then and score the try so yeah um, you know, but look, it's been difficult. I think the with respect to to Cardiff Dragons Connacht, they were the three that were really, really disappointed. And the second half against Zebra, so there's four games there that your try count should be should be a bit better, yeah. should be yeah. higher. Um, so there, that's a summation of of really the the first seven games as regards the coaches will look at this. They'll notice stuff too, but I think in the next block. These are areas that they've really got to get better at. Even if they don't have players back, the younger players coming through, I think in the next couple of weeks, they've got to show them these pictures. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure the show coaches have been, but there's a little bit of time now to review the block, mm-hmm. take some positives out of it, but be aware of, of, of issues and situations that, that need to be a lot better. We've got to move on. Start of the week um, hard again. You know, this start of the week situation that we've come up with this year, we wanted to. <laughs> when you're losing five games, it's it's hard. Um, who's your start of the week? You mentioned a couple of players there who had really Yeah, look, good I think definitely
1: definitely Noble Calls. I think he needs to go to, to John Ryan. I think he uh, just coming back in played really well, I thought. Um, and because he's also gone so far away to the opposite end of the spectrum that he would have been used to playing with Munster. Considering that you know we have a lot of kick chase last year, um, I thought Jack Crowley was really good again. You can really start to see him come into himself a lot more. He is aggressive as I love. He barks, he barks, and I like that. I like the fact that he's, he's, um, he's directing them around the pitch. But we've had a really good conversation off air, and I think you're, you know, you're dead right. I think we've got to go with Edwin and Galpo this week. I thought came up with some really big turnover moments um somebody who as you said wasn't supposed to play because there was a question mark over his injury fitness and his fitness um but he was good he was good. he was really really good he's a huge big presence and i love the fact that he didn't shy away from the uh, from Vermeulen when um, when he was after uh, barn he was the first one that went over and it was almost a case of like the gentle giant coming in just trying to separate them up he, he was so calm and and I love that. Um so yeah, look, I think I think he's had a really good first block and uh I think we you know we need to get excited about players like him and hopefully he can keep pushing on.
0: So your star of the week officially is? Edwin Edogbo. Right, okay. He deserves it, yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah. Um and I I like the way look, there was a few other big performances, Crowley. Dermot Barn, I think, is really kind of yeah. stepped up a little bit as well. He's explosive
1: um, too. I like him. man he it's the way the game is going. I, I think um, and I and it's funny, I don't think the line out are just down to the hooker. I think there's loads of cogs to it, and but I do think that um he's putting a lot of pressure on that scanner kind for of sure.
0: Okay. Um we're nearly done. Ireland South Africa. Um, two thousand seventeen Ireland beat the last time they played, beat South Africa thirty eight three in Dublin. Um, it probably sparked the, the change in, in Rassi Erasmus, Jack Nienamber mm. going back to South Africa. That result, people were writing them off, saying that they're finished. Um, they were humiliated in Dublin. They went on to win a World Cup in 2000, uh, less than two years later, probably just around two years later. Um, how important is this game and uh, does it really matter they're in our pool next year in the World Cup? Does it really matter uh, we won't go into it too much because we, we'll have the South Africa team later on, but, um, and who plays for Munster? Does Peter O'Mahony play? Does uh, Ty, Ty Byrne play? Are they the only two Munster players that'll start? Most probably.
1: Yeah, look, I think so. I think uh, I think it's a good game. I think it's going to be a really good, um, you know, insight for how Ireland deal with the physicality of, of South Africa. It's totally different to New Zealand, say, or in Australia. And, um, and you know, they'll be going after certain things. They tick those boxes. They're you know, they're gonna be full of confidence heading into um that World Cup group next year. And it's it's all geared towards that. I think I think Andy Farrell has been so smart and how he's got about business over the last twelve, uh, fifteen months. I think it's it's been really, really good. And um, yeah, look, I think uh, I think it is Peter Mahoney and Tig Bryan as uh, our only two starters. Um I, I would have been interested to see if Craig Casey, uh, you know, he, you know, he's carrying an injury going into that camp and um, if he's fully fit, is it him or Conor Murray on the bench uh, backing up Gibson Park, who, by the way, hasn't played yet this season. So does Craig Casey start those? So lots of things there for sure for, for us to delve into, but um, I think this is going to be a brilliant test of where this Irish pack are.
0: Yeah, it's a great opportunity. I think um, obviously it's a, it's you know there are powerhouse powerhouses and it will be interesting to see how Ireland cope with that. Ireland were brilliant, obviously, in New Zealand. So uh, two two great sides. Um, it won't make any difference because history will tell us what happened the last time. But South Africa won't want to come to Dublin and certainly lose the match at all. But that scoreline was incredible. Um, I'm interested in see how Gavin Coombs goes, Jeremy Lockman. Uh, possibly Roman Salano as well. Will he get a start? Shane Daly, Jack Crowley, Dermot Byrne. The opportunity they have at the weekend when they play play New Zealand on Friday night. Um, it is a brilliant a brilliant chance for them to. Um, and someone like Gavin Coombs, I think this could be could be a really important couple of weeks to 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 really kind of make a, a name for himself at this level. Um, I think he has all the credentials to be a top-class international player. He probably needs to be more, if there's any criticism, he needs to be more involved and a little bit more aggression at times. He's a brilliant footballer um, and just needs to be it more often in the games. Um, you look at Doris, who I think is, the, is an incredible player um, at six or eight, but just he's continuously getting his hands on the ball, doing things brilliant defensively, um, Coombs has the opportunity to do that and, and been in around the Irish squad again he was on tour in New Zealand so it's a great opportunity for those guys in the next couple of weeks I think you know obviously Dave Kilcoyne um, he's back from an injury uh, in a tough situation Munster, Um, he'll be trying to get himself back into that mix again uh, so it'll be an interesting couple of weeks with the particularly with the 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 internationals uh, we probably won't have that that's just a reality. Maybe two players, three players um, involved in, in the senior side. Uh, but the A game is a great opportunity on Friday night to, to see what where those young players can go and, and what kind of a name they can make. We're nearly done. Uh, we didn't mention it last week because we didn't know at the time. Kieran McDonnell from Glasgow, um, he's born in Glasgow, played with Glasgow. His situation with Wasps, obviously, is like John Ryan, ended Munster have signed him short-term. Um, he's six 6'8", 120 kilos. He's a big man, warmed up with the team on Saturday. Um, and he'll certainly help. Thomas Ahern is going to be out for a number of months. That's why this has happened. And I just think the injuries, um, and we've spoken about it a lot, have really hurt this team. Um, yeah. They've hurt the coaches as well. It's made it very frustrating. frustrating. We haven't seen any of Anton Frisch either. Um, which they need him back too. So Thomas O'Hearn been out for a number of months. Yeah, huge,
1: very difficult. I feel really sorry for him because he felt like he was just about to explode. And you talk about boulders for the World Cup. You know, in my mind, I was like, maybe not. But you could always think maybe you have Thomas O'Hearn or an Edwin Adagbo could could sneak in there if they're going as well as they are. But um, yeah, look, really tough for him, a young player. But Jeannie Mac, I was saying, um, Saka here, McDonald warming up. He is monstrous. He is very big man and um, so look I, I, I don't know a huge amount about him in relation to his ability to play but um, he's going to be big he's going to be physical kind of like a Jason Jenkins type we've seen how that has went for Leinster um, when he's got back fit uh, something that Munster fans probably found it difficult to, to, to watch but uh, yeah look I think I think it's just been they've been really unfortunate with their with the injuries and, and the positions of them so um, let's hopefully look he might he might be a good signing
0: and maybe they might be able to hold on to him for till the end of the season if they need to. Yeah. Um and obviously we did Munster don't play until the twenty-sixth against Connacht who'll have a, a pretty strong a pretty strong side coming down after those internationals. Aki will probably be back with them. And you know, their international guys. You know, will they play against Australia? It's unlikely. So they'll have a very strong side, and then Munster away to Edinburgh. So the first block, Neve, we're done. Uh, of matches and it's been a poor return we can't get away from the fact that there's, there's plenty of mitigation there and there's plenty of injuries and excuses but it's been really really disappointing I think it's really disappointing I think there's two or three games in there that Munster should have won didn't win and it could come back to really hurt him at the end of the season but it is what it is I think we'll try and focus on the positives as much as we can yeah. and I think maybe for the future I think there's young players here getting exposure that they may not have got possibly should have got and I've said yeah. this before about Jack Crowley if he was in Leinster he probably have 50 or 60 caps now for, for Munster he doesn't have it um, but it is what it is it's been a disappointing start That's it for episode 43 of the Red 78. Make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week. Just search the Red 78. And don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts. We'll be back next week, obviously, and we'll talk about the international or any other news in Munster. Uh, We might try and get a guest or two on as well in the next couple of weeks if we can. Uh, So don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts. And uh, you can tweet us at our our own personal Twitter account, or you can leave a Tweet the rugby ch- at rugby channel 15 or search the rugby channel on YouTube and leave a comment. Um, so that's it. Uh, talk to you next weekend, Niamh. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the weekend's rugby, but please don't enjoy Spurs and Liverpool on Sunday. <laughs> we're, we're in a dreadful state, and oh, not, we're not I'm much not, better. I'm did not listening to you next games. week. Will we, we take well a draw? Will yeah. we shake hands on a draw? We, on see, we will, we will. Okay. Thanks for being Queen Cheers, thanks. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.